0: I believe women don't have enough safe space to embrace their stories, share freely, and lean on one another. And if we don't do this for one another, how will we show the next generation how to do it differently? There are a million reasons we hold back and hide. Fear of judgment, shame, uncertainty, or simple inconvenience. But that just allows the problem to persist, ladies. Let's open up the conversation. No holds barred and no judgment. Let us hear your joys and your pains, your struggles, and your triumphs. Truth be told, we probably have far more in common than you'd imagine. Together, we'll create a different experience than what we've come to tolerate, a more authentic and connected experience that triumphs over judgment and falsities, one that gives us all the space to be sincere and unapologetic together. This is me. This is me listeners. I'm happy to be back with you and I am continuing my series on women and beauty. Today I am interviewing Charlie Ronhas. She is a wife, a mother of one toddler, a licensed teacher, and a nanny to many. She's a follower of Jesus and she loves shoes, a hardcore extrovert, and people are her favorite. Charlie has spent the last two years working heavily on discovering who she is meant to be and how to do good work with what she has. All of this with the freedom that she found after struggling with anxiety that peaked during postpartum and depression for her whole adult life. Charlie is continuing her work and inviting others to do the same. And she's the host of the Growing True podcast. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of this series that I'm putting together for yeah. just women and beauty. And how do we open up our this conversation and make it inclusive and, and really lift a lot of the expectation that is unfairly placed on us to be these beautiful creatures um, mm-hmm. And I have yet to meet a woman that is like, yes, I am one of these beautiful creatures. You know, we, we all have these struggles. Uh, And what the parts of your email that got me was for the past, when you said for the past five years, you've been deconstructing and it's so amazing how long it takes us to unlearn all of these things. And even- even when we unlearn it, we have to unlearn it like 500 times before we're like, oh, okay. But then we still have yep. this emotion.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a constant process. I feel it like.
0: Yes, yeah. it is. Uh, so thank you for being on the, this is me podcast. And when it comes to beauty, I just, where does your story start and and how did you get from that place to realizing you've got to deconstruct some things and reorganize what's in your brain.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I'm a linear thinker. So when I was thinking about how to kind of tell this part of, of my self, I guess, because it's a big part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking, you know, where did it start? Where did I get this idea of what beauty was? And um, I was very much influenced, My like my first influence, I would say, in beauty and in kind of what a woman should look like, how they say it was Britney Spears. Oh, which is okay. timely because of yeah. everything that's yes, happening with is. her. But um, I was, I think, eight or nine when she really blew up. And so that's when you're starting to listen to your own music. Kind of for the first time I had an older sister too. So I had a little more access to, to music than I maybe should have. Um, but it was Britney Spears and she was skinny and she was sexy and she had perfect hair all the time. And the makeup was, you know, early 2000s, but she always looked just how they wanted her to. And I had the posters and I had the CDs and I watched the music videos. And so, and then along with that is that she did all these things and she was so beautiful. And then she received attention from boys. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, um, and so as I grew up into like, you know, 10, 11, 12, and you're getting into preteen, I was like, okay, this equals this, right? If I look like this, then I'll get this attention. And it just kind of spiraled from there, I guess. Um, along with that, on a less like scary side is that I come from a family where um, my parents told us all the time, like, you are beautiful. We we are a very attractive family, like collectively. Um, and they were wrong. <laughs> like my, my parents are are beautiful people, and my siblings are. and it it was a lot of pride. I mean, as a mom of a little girl myself, I I'm the same way. Like, look at this beautiful thing that I made. Um, and it was always kind of t- taught to us. And I think it was similar for my parents because they were, I think, also told often that they were really attractive. And so it's kind of this culture that had formed over time. Yeah. So that was, I mean, what, eight years old? Mm-hmm. I start this thing. And I and if you if I look back, I see all these things. Um, I figure skated as a child. And in figure skating, you have costumes similar to gymnastics or dance, and they're not appropriate for anywhere but performance. And, um, I remember wearing a crop top teeny skirt outfit that was for skating to school and making it like, this makes me cool. This makes me beautiful and all these things. And every time I tried so hard to fulfill that, um, expectation that I saw, I was rejected actually. So my peers really, well, I remember my peers in that specific instance were standing outside. It's like, gosh, fourth or fifth grade. And they're, uh, we're waiting for the teacher to let us in and they're all kind of looking at me like, what are you wearing? And I just think I'm so cool. And, but there is definitely, even at that age, there was definitely this like uncomfortability with me. And what I was trying to do. And so of course, like when you're rejected, you just like try harder Mm -hmm. and you try harder. And I remember, oh my gosh, I remember in sixth grade, I think wearing clothes of a girl who was much smaller than me um, because they were cute, right? They looked the right way. And there was a boy that I liked and we were going to a school carnival and I wore this outfit that was completely too small. Like the shoes hurt, the skirt was tiny. But thinking I, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do to get the attention that I want. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and in my mind, it wasn't, um, I look back now and I I see that, but in my mind at the time, I thought everybody was doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think to a degree, a lot of people were, maybe I was young, but it was kind of that, um, it was kind of that pattern Mm -hmm. of looking out into then it was music videos and movies and what did, what do those girls do and trying to emulate, emulate it. And then as it got older, it became, um, social media, hmm. right. And high school and, and peers a little bit, but more that social media, like blowing up of the extreme and everything that was like, okay, that's what I need to do. I'll do it. And then I'll get what I need to, to get from it. Um, and it really was a destructive cycle that only, only worsened as i got older and got more freedom as a, a young woman and then also you had all these messages coming in of um do what you want and be as sexual as you want to be and be as you know you're this and you're that and it was before the body positivity movement right it was more just like middle finger to the whoever but the reality of it was be exactly what we're telling you to be. right? And, and I just, I bought it. Oh, I bought it so hard um, to the degree where I, and and I still to, for fashion's sake, kind of feel this way a little bit, but for years I had, I could do a whole outfit that looked like a cowgirl. Hmm. If I was going into a setting where the people there were going to look at me and judge me on how country I lived, So I had the cutoff shorts and the cowboy boots and the cute button-up flannel and and then you know hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. I had the like um edgy rocker look. I could do that on a Friday night if I needed to. I had the kind of like gangstery I'm um, chill cool with my tennis shoes and you know yeah. I could do all these looks to fit into all these molds so that people and oftentimes men Mm -hmm. or boys, depending on how old I was, would pay attention to me. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting how I just was oftentimes rejected and rejected and rejected. And I didn't realize why. And now looking at it, I think it was kind of a gift from God. Like it was kind of this breaking down of like, okay, after years and years of this, something isn't connecting, right? Like, the media and the world is telling me that if i do this i'll get that and that's not the case i just feel more and more broken and and i'm going no 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 i was i grew up everybody told me i was beautiful i remember <laughs> you know my mom and my dad said i was stunning and um and i i so i couldn't connect the two things it wasn't until maybe 2015 2016 i got married in 2015 and it was around 2016 that social media, Instagram really like picked up, I think in for me anyway. And I started finding these accounts of these body positive girls and I was like, body positive, interesting. Um, and my weight had gone up and down um, since young adulthood. I just stopped doing anything and just drank and ate a lot and <laughs> watched yeah. a lot of TV, you know, like you do. Yeah. And And so that was a newer one that I was, that I was dealing with was my weight and my body and what it looked like. And so I started following these body positive accounts and, and it was kind of a year or two of figuring out what that meant for me, because there were some that were way on this side, right? Whatever you do, whatever you look like, you're fine. And then there was the swing to the other side, which was like extreme fitness Mm -hmm. for the sake of fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're not, then you're lazy and you don't love your body. Yeah. And I kind of had both. And so I would see both these messages and I had to figure out kind of where I stood on it. And, and so since about 2017, 2018, I've really been, I would call it building my own understanding of how I feel about my body. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting too, because one thing that I started to realize was I don't see me the way they see me mm-hmm. regardless of the clothes and the makeup and the hair. I, and I see other people a way that they don't see them. Cause I, even as even up to a few years ago, I would look at girls and be like, how does she get her hair to look like that? Every time I see her. hmm How? Because mine's frizzy. And then I straighten it and it's straight for two hours and then it's wavy (laughs) again. And I'm trying to achieve, right? And like, how do they? And then I realized just from talking to other women and from watching these women who have opened their lives up to the internet for the sake of this platform, I've watched them and realized they're thinking the same thing about everyone else that they look at that has the thing that. They can't figure out, yeah, you know, and yeah. and that really changed it for me. It really became a, um, it became. This sounds selfish. It became about me, right? Because okay. it was always, it was always everybody else. And, and I think this is probably one of the only areas of my life where I would encourage people to make it about you. Yes. Because the only person who has, the only person whose um, hips come out where they come out uh, is me. And where, um like, how how big my calves are in proportion to my thighs, I'm the only one who has that. Mm-hmm. And sitting next to, you know, how wide my shoulders are compared to my ribcage. These are all things that we look at and we pick apart as women yeah. and we compare and it's like how in the world how in the world can I have I could work my butt off and eat nothing but vegetables and I will never look like this picture and I don't even have to describe it to you right like close your eyes and look at picture the woman that we are told to look like exactly. you see it exactly yeah. She has kind of narrow shoulders, bigger, full, I wouldn't even say big, right? They don't have to be big, but like full breasts mm-hmm. and small arm, dainty arms with a little waist and nice yeah. big amount of hips, and then just the longest, most slender, graceful legs. <laughs> yes. And I I have said this before. If I looked in the mirror and I didn't see in the mirror what I was told to see in my head, yeah, I had failed. Mm.
0: I was failing. That's so crazy. And so I'm going to ask, okay, so you were told you were beautiful, but did anyone ever define that? Like, what does it mean to be beautiful? Or was that yeah. just an assumption?
1: It, it was decently well-defined my, in my, uh, family dyeing your hair was very, is very common. I think the first time I ever got highlights, I was 12. Mm. Um, my the women in my family have had their nails done consistently as long as I've been alive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: acrylic, whatever, whether they're whatever the the fat is of the time, right? So like yeah. the French manicures and but constantly, I mean every two to three weeks, we were in the nail salon, mm-hmm. they were getting their nails done. Um we always had our hair, always hair done, you know, always makeup. And then also, I think there was this when, you know, nobody, nobody is done up all the time, but when we were done up, it was like a, it was like a production. It was a, I don't want to say celebration, but it was like, let's take the pictures, stand over here. You know, you look so cute and attention. and Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Attention. And and not to say that it's bad to Mm -hmm. celebrate when you feel good, but, uh, or when you're done up, but that was, it was just so heavily celebrated.
0: Mm-hmm. As compared and, to when you weren't.
1: Yeah. And even for the men in my family, um, appearance has always been very important. I remember hearing, you know, you'll never know who you're going to run into. Always look put together when you leave the house. Yeah. And in some regards, I understand that. And in others, I think it it builds this expectation Mm -hmm. Unrealistic expectation. Also, this understanding that, like, the way I look is going to affect the way someone else feels about me. Yeah. Yeah. Or how they, and, and to, and like I said, to a degree, right? There is sharpness, there is hygiene and cleanliness. And, but more than that is the, I can't leave unless I look this way. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I would say if it, to put it in a nutshell, beauty was defined to me as um, making yourself up. Mm-hmm. I can't remember a time growing up that it was like waking up in the morning and brushing your hair and going, wow, you look so beautiful, you know, because yeah. that's just the way you look. And then mm-hmm. you do all these things and then that's pretty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, that was really. That was my dog. That was really, um, that's such an interesting question. Yeah. It was defined to me as the, um, cosmetic procedures and the keep upkeep of the different parts of you and diet. I mean, Uh diet culture was very real for me growing up. I personally, as a kid and a teenager, didn't, um, I didn't struggle with my weight then, Mm -hmm. but the women around me did. And in this last few years that I was talking about in the deconstructing, I I have an ear now for certain things. Right. And even grandmothers I'm hearing are saying, oh, I'm so fat right now. And I'm just like, you are not fat. You are beautiful. One, two, you've lived far too much life to care (laughs) about what anybody else thinks about you. And my kind of check in with myself and what I'll say to people I'm in relationship with, friends or family, is, you know, how do you feel about the way you look? Mm-hmm. How does this outfit make you feel? Or what do you need to do, right, to be okay with this part of you? Mm-hmm. Um, And it really changes the perspective. Like I said, I made it more about me because I'm the only person who lives with this body. <laughs>
0: And I feel like that's how it should be. But for one reason or another, women, like our opinions about our beauty were not trusted. You know, it was, it was taken out, which is, you know, it parallels with what your story is. It was um, taken outside of us and dictated to us. And we were supposed to absorb it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think for a great number of us, it didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. I'll play the game until I figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we realize, oh, wait, it is about me. I do get to define it. Uh, even when we realize that and we start to step into that, there's still, there's still a struggle there. You know, there's still, can I go to Target without any foundation on? <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that type of thing. Um, so I, I completely. I completely understand that. So as an adult now, do you go out without makeup?
1: I do. And it's, I would say it's fairly recent. So, okay. Well, there's two sides to this point before I would go out without makeup for whatever the store mostly out of laziness. Mm-hmm. Where my where I really struggled was when I knew I was stepping into a setting where there would be people that I knew or that I would be around. So like a barbecue or a party or school or you know those settings where like you're going to talk yeah. to people, they're going to spend time with you, they're going to look at you a lot, they're going to like know who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those were, those are, even still, I struggled. Those are the places where I feel the need to kind of button it up and get it all looking perfect, right? They're going to look at me for a long time. They're going to, wow, I haven't even gotten into this in my own self, but now that you bring it up, they're going to be able to find the flaws because they're going to look at me long enough. Mm -hmm. And It's been a blessing because I do have a few women in my life who the whole time I've known them do very minimal makeup, very minimal cosmetic type stuff. And I've looked at them and gone, wow, they're beautiful. How do they do that? Like Uh how do they just look pretty? They don't have makeup, they don't have foundation and blush and bronzer and eyebrows and mascara and their hair is not perfectly done. How do they do that? And I and I I realize it's 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 in how they're presenting themselves. Right. It's in how they're carrying themselves more than how they look. And that's been really powerful for me. And I had my daughter two years ago. And since then, I've done even less as far as makeup, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how much can I do with the two? I mean, I can, but I'd rather do more productive things or spend time with her. And so today, even for today, I was like, what am I going to do? Cause I don't know if she's recording the podcast. I don't know (laughs) if she's what's going to happen. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to show up in a way that I'm comfortable. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And that was very minimal. You know, I do put mascara on almost all the time because I feel like my eyes look funky if I don't, or there's no like definition between my eyelid (laughs) (laughs) and like, I don't know. But um, that's really what it's become. I went, a small story. I went to Nashville in May for my 30th birthday with a few girlfriends. And as the trip neared, I started having these feelings of, okay, so should I make an nail appointment? Do I need a pedicure appointment? Should I get my eyebrows waxed? Do I need to get my hair redone? All these things that you do before a vacation. And it was really eye opening to me as I started thinking about it. And I'm thinking about it, you know, kind of throughout my day, weeks in advance. Mm -hmm. And what am I doing? I'm going to a different city with people that I know to see people I'll never probably meet again
0: mm-hmm.
1: and have fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was going, what about those things? Being with my girlfriends, having fun, experiencing a new place mm-hmm. has anything to do with whether or not my pedicure is perfect <laughs> <laughs> or whether yeah. I have all the perfect makeup or whether you know what i mean all the mm-hmm. little things that we do and i i talk about vacation because it's kind of like a i've i felt when i was going through it's it kind of like a magnification of my regular life yeah it's you know it's all these events packed into one where life is just a, maybe a little more spread out and and so i just sat there and i just thought i said am i getting my nails in my am i getting my nails done for me will that make me feel better moving through my days mm-hmm. you know and along with you know, budget is something to consider as an adult. Yes. If we're being honest, for as a woman to look oh my whatever goodness. way. Yeah. It it's a huge thing. And so I said, do I want to have the money to do a fun thing or do I want to spend that money to look a certain way? Yeah. And I was like, I'd rather have an experience. Yes. Then then look perfect to yeah. who. Um I will say a caveat. I love clothes (laughs) (laughs) and I love shoes. Uh And those things have actually been a very empowering part of this journey for me. Where hair and makeup. I think so much of makeup, especially in the last few years, um, I was actually reading something that was saying that the makeup of now, the routines that we're doing and the techniques that we're using are actually based on um, drag. Yeah. Because they are men who are trying to make their faces more feminine Mm -hmm. um, in order to dress up in drag. And so they do the things like the contouring, right, to Mm -hmm. pull out and accentuate feminine features on a masculine face. Uh And then that was slowly introduced to women going, hey, if you will put the bronzer here, you'll look more feminine. And if you do your eyebrows this way, your face will look a certain way. Your face shape will change and um, all these things. and so. (laughs) <laughs> clothes and shoes, I feel like are, have been so empowering to me as far as taking back what my, what beauty is for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. because clothes for me are more on the side of art, right? Clothes oh, rarely. Okay. Yeah. Clothes rarely change the way your body looks. Mm-hmm. I know people will say like, this is flattering or that is flattering. I don't really subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. Flattering to me is a weird word, like. What you're saying when you say this is flattering, as far as clothes go, is it makes your body look closer to that body, Mm -hmm. to the Britney Spears body. We'll just, for the sake of it, she has great abs and (laughs) she's beautiful. Mm -hmm. She's beautiful in who and what exactly her body is, but it's not mine. Right. And so when you say, oh, that dress is so flattering. What you're telling me is that dress makes your body look less like yours and more like theirs. Mm but for me clothes have become something where it's the prints and it's the cuts and it's the the way it moves on me and it's you know what i mean mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. all these things that have been and shoes i just love shoes they're just beautiful like <laughs> whatever yes. your body type whatever your face <laughs> whatever your hair whatever you don't like about all of you you can't argue with shoes <laughs> cuz you put them on your feet and they're adorable i yes. i just love shoes but And so I've taken more to, to that side of, of it going my, my, and I don't know. I think everyone struggles in different areas, Yeah, right? I've struggled less with, no, I shouldn't say that. It's changed for me over the years where for a while, my face was the issue Mm -hmm. for me. And um, in another season, my body was the issue. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so now I'm trying to not have an issue Right.
0: Yeah. So how do you, let's, let's talk about how do you work through that? Like if you feel an issue coming up?
1: Yeah. I look at how I'm caring for my body. Ah.
0: Oh, okay.
1: That's become big in the last, and that's, that's kind of new in the last year. So I've been really into healthy eating for a long time. Um, just because I realized long ago that what you eat depends determines a lot of things, how you feel, um, how your body kind of reacts, how you feel mentally and emotionally as well as physically. Mm -hmm. And so I've always tried to gauge that also, you know, illnesses that come with eating, all that stuff. So eating for me, eating healthy has been fairly easy over the years. Exercise on the other end is not. And um, I was just talking about this where it was always to change the way my body looked.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And it wasn't until a year ago that I started exercising to change the way my body feels. Yeah,
0: that's huge. That is huge. Huge. I used to teach a fitness class and it was, you know, how do you feel? How do you feel? And Mm -hmm. it was such a disconnect, you know, for women, because again, we're taught to look at our reflection. Mm-hmm. Before we evaluate what's going on inside,
1: yeah. Because if you're doing if you're doing what you should be doing, then you should be getting skinnier, right? Right. That's what they That's tell the you. Yeah. If you are doing it right, then you will look like this girl because she's doing it right, according to
0: shape and them,
1: <laughs> right? According yeah. to them, the media, yeah. the people who are selling all these bodies—they're selling bodies. I. I love music, but I cannot with the music industry and the fact that they are selling bodies to us and we're buying it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when it changed from working out to become hot, <laughs> to exercising to be healthy, mm-hmm. to live longer, to experience life better, because I was a hundred and gosh, I don't know, 140, 135 pounds. Mm-hmm a few years ago after doing a diet and I still couldn't get up the stairs without being gassed out at the top. Yeah. I mean, I would bend over to pick something up and stand back up and be like, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I went, I don't want to live like this. So what you were saying, how do you work from the issues? I reassess how am I taking care of it? How am I taking care of? So if, if I feel like, Oh, I feel so bloated and I feel Chubby, have I gained weight? I don't do it. I don't I have a scale, but I don't use it. Mm-hmm. I don't trust it. Um we don't have a good relationship. You know? The trust was the trust has been broken. Um I just go, okay. Have I been exercising? What have I been eating? What have I been drinking? Mm-hmm. And if I can kind of go through my mind and be like, okay, I've been responsible in those areas, then I can sometimes go, this is in your head. Mm-hmm shake it out. Don't keep going down the rabbit hole. Don't let yourself spiral because you are caring for your body. It looks exactly what it's going to look like when it is properly fed and exercised, moved, right? It's Mm -hmm. properly being, being cared for. Mm -hmm. Same thing with my hair. I struggle with my hair. I have very oily hair. Uh, I'm not very good at styling it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I struggle. So I'll be like, why is my hair so frizzy? Why is my, why is it so oily? And when was the last time you washed it, Char? Like, what are you eating? Have you been touching it a lot? You know, all these things To And then it's like, okay, reassess and kind of adjust the care Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or same thing. Realize it's in your head, make a change, you know, some in those ways that aren't go buy a product or look up a new way to do it or find out what someone else thinks. That's been huge. Mm Um, I find, and with my, with my face, you know, why can't I get my eyebrows right? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, first of all, they start out exactly where they're supposed to be, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And, and I love little, I think a lot of what helps me through, because I do, even now, like we said at the beginning of the, and we were talking when we first got on, it is a constant process. I am constantly telling myself the things that I know are true, but they're different than what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. And that's things like, you know, um, your eyebrows are sisters, not twins. That was my cousin told oh. me that when she was teaching me that. And it takes the weight, right? It takes the weight off of that perfection.
0: Oh, oh my gosh. Of, yes I've never thought about that they're they're not twins okay that I I had a moment there thank you okay
1: there was um this was recent that I learned this one on Instagram there was something and I'm gonna butcher it but it was one of those memes that from a from a good account that I like and it said um do you realize how much stuff is in your body your stomach's supposed to stick out further Than, than like your pelvis <laughs> yes you know yes. what's in there right yeah um and so yeah. those sorts of things are just little like devices i use right when i look in the mirror like so oh why is my why is my stomach out so far farther than i'm used to it you know and it's like am I, well okay you've been eating all day long also you had a baby also <laughs> you have like a spleen and a kidney and like all this junk that's just in there doing its thing yeah Ver- yeah it's just been um it's been really cool and it's been really eye opening um i think to when you take control of that i that definition of beauty mm-hmm. um you become an advocate mm-hmm. for yourself for yourself first and i think most yeah. importantly in a lot of ways yeah. but then also for the people around you yes go ahead Oh, I was just going to say it builds such a strong um, community of yes. women and, and the ability to love each other in like this new way that nobody else is loving, loving each other in, you know, because yeah. even my husband, he can tell me I'm beautiful, but when my friend says it and says it in a way that like, hey, I know where you struggle because I feel those things too as a woman because of what we're told and how we've been taught. And you're beautiful. yeah. And that's really, I was at Nordstrom with one of my friends and I had my daughter in her stroller and there's the big mirrors Mm -hmm. on the pillars. And I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, no, you know, you look so beautiful, honey. And I was like, mommy just looks meh today. And, and I had had emotionally a rough morning, Mm -hmm. didn't really just threw on a hat, whatever I was wearing and walked out the door. I didn't try to make myself feel good about me Mm -hmm. before leaving, I just was like, I don't feel good. I don't want to do it. Well, I got out in public and, and I was with my daughter who always looks better than me. She's, (laughs) She's always dressed to the nines and, and great. And my friend standing next to me goes, your mommy is beautiful. And she is exactly how she is supposed to look. Wow. And I just, and, and this isn't new for this friend, but I just went, She's right. Yeah. I know that. I know that. Yeah. And and I think going back to your question of how do you work through those issues, as I would say, I have to really be careful to separate f- my physical, what I think physically of myself mm-hmm. versus where I am mentally and emotionally. Yeah.
0: And right. God bless those friends that will call us on it, you know? Yeah support us. I I love the way you're looking at things because it's, it's very grounded, you know, very, what is my self-care been? Yeah. I have all this stuff in my stomach. That's very grounding. And I wish, I wish we had that language, you know, surrounded us growing up instead of this kind of denial of the things that are in our body. It doesn't matter what's in your body, straight, flat abs. That's what's Mm -hmm. supposed to be going on. Yeah. is Dance Around the Campfire by Julius H.